thanks for joining us this evening. Such a, a blessed time of year, such an important time of year as we think about Jesus and think about his birth and think about what it means for each one of us and what it means for our world. You know, I pray that above all else tonight, we'll worship and that we'll exalt the Lord Jesus Christ and that we'll just take some time to, to sing with pure hearts, to, to pray with thanksgiving, to ask God to speak, you know, um, no matter what we're going through or what we've experienced, uh, we all need to hear from the Lord and, and truly to, to come to a place where we marvel again or maybe for the first time at Jesus Christ, just to marvel at him and his goodness and his grace. So if you'll join me, we'll start with prayer and then we'll do some worship and hopefully we'll just look to Christ tonight, all right? Heavenly Father, what else can we do this evening or any other day for that matter, but just worship you. It's so incredible, Lord, to think about who you are, to think about, Lord, that you are God, always have been God, always will be God, and yet, Lord, on that first Christmas day, you stepped into flesh and became a man so you could save us, so you could show your love for us, so that you, Lord God, could be the, the one gift that would change every single person that would look to you. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Grateful for you. We love you, Lord. And we've come to worship tonight. I ask you to purify our hearts. I ask you to fill us with your spirit. I ask that you would speak to us. I ask that you be honored, worshiped, and praised. And we'll give you the thanks for all that you do tonight. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together this evening. Sweet to just sing some Christmas carols like family. Wish I could put a couple fires down the aisle. That'd be kind of kind of sweet, but we'll just sing without them here. Oh, come. Oh, come, all ye Sing in exaltation. 
Come on up, come on up. Come on up close tonight. We have a visitor from Bethlehem. Take a seat, have a little seat right where you're at. That would be perfect. Yeah, I see a taller little kid down here. Isaiah? Okay. <laughs> this is my shepherd staff. Out on the hills by Bethlehem, we use these things to keep our sheep in line. Many, many years ago, there were some really exciting things that happened to me. First, I'd like to say shalom, peace to all of you children who have come here tonight to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, and shalom to our church family. Many years ago, in the land of Israel, a powerful king came to power. He was from Idumean descent, a people group that was from the south. King Herod was his name. He had taken the throne, and the Roman Empire gave him the authority to rule in Israel. He built, he was a builder, so he helped rebuild the, the, the temple in Jerusalem. He made it bigger, he expanded, he made more buildings, and he made many, many construction building sites throughout the land of Israel. And near my house in Bethlehem, he, he chose a hill to the east, and there he built the Herodian Palace that overlooked the village of Bethlehem. We often saw him looking down from his palace on us humble shepherds as we walked our sheep through the fields and in the valleys and on the hillsides. Now, we need to look into the sacred writings. It is very important to know God's book. Some of you have been memorizing verses in the scriptures. I would encourage you children to continue to do that. Read God's word and memorize passages. In, in the gospel of Dr. Luke, it says the following. In the days of Herod king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, and his wife's name was Elizabeth. An angel of the Lord appeared to Zacharias in the temple in Jerusalem as he was serving there. He worked in the, he, he came up from the hill country, and it was his turn to serve in the temple. And, and he was there by the, the altar of incense, 
out in the outer court, there were many, many people, and they were praying. When they, when they burned incense, the people would come and pray, and that, that sweet smell of the incense. Can you smell it tonight? It, 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 it went up their prayers to heaven, and God answered their prayers. An angel of the Lord talked to Zacharias while he was there, but Zacharias was very fearful. He was, he was afraid. He did not, you know, when an angel appears, you get fearful. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition, your prayers have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while he is yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. After these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant. Later on, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city up north, up by Galilee. It was called Nazareth. We've all heard of Nazareth, right? Yeah, it's about 70 miles from here down in Bethlehem. And uh, this, this angel, uh, Gabriel, came to Mary said, Mary, I'm going to tell you what's going on. You are going to be the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Mary said, how can that be? I'm not even married. But she was engaged to Joseph at that time. The angel also appeared to Joseph and said, don't hesitate to take Mary as your wife. The the Holy Spirit will come upon her and she will conceive and she will have a child and you will name him Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Mary said to the angel, May, oh, Mary said, And my soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in the God of my Savior, for he has regard for his humble servant. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed, for the Mighty One has great things for me, and holy is his name. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth. Elizabeth and Zacharias were having a baby down in their village. And um, Zacharias was there and and all the neighbors were around they were they were so excited the relatives had heard that the lord had displayed his mercy toward her and they were rejoicing for 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 them because 
because they were an older couple. They, they, they shouldn't have had children at that age. But God had answered their prayers and given them this child and said, remember what the angel said? You will call him John. But Zacharias, he, he said, how could this be? He doubted what the angel said. This could never happen, he said in his heart. And the angel said, because you have doubted, your mouth will be closed until the baby is born. So the baby was born, and, and they named him John. They had taken him to be circumcised in Jerusalem. And um, all the people were thinking, oh, this is his first son. They've got to name him Zacharias. And Zacharias said, no, his name will be John. And Elizabeth said the same thing. His name will be John, which means gift of God. Zacharias prophesied. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. And he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant, to give his people the knowledge of salvation by forgiveness of sins because of the tender mercies of our God. Tonight, some of our children have been memorizing Luke chapter 2. Raise your hand if you've been memorizing Luke chapter 2. Anybody here? Nobody wants to say, I did it. But I think Pastor Mike's grandkids were working on it. Where's Owen? Owen's right there. Okay. (laughs) Owen, I'll let you hold this stick if you'll admit to it. Nope, not tonight. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus way up in Rome that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up to Galilee, or or from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David where I lived, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary. Mary was also uh, from the line uh, of David, from the house of David. So they went together. They, they, they made that 70-mile trek from, from Nazareth down to our town of Bethlehem. Um, just a, And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Just outside of town, out in the fields, my friends and I were, were keeping watch over our, flocks, our flock of sheep 
by night. It was early in the evening. The sun had gone down. We were out there with the sheep. We had to protect them. And suddenly there appeared with an angel. And the angel came down from heaven. And he said to us, don't be afraid. We were afraid. (laughs) But he said, don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared uh, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. We were so excited that we left the sheep and we ran straight up to the village of Bethlehem. We looked around and and we found Mary and Joseph. They were at the stable. It was so exciting. We had heard about this for years. We memorized the Holy Bible when we were young. Uh, We we, we remember that um, the prophecy of the prophet Micah in in verses, uh, or chapter 5, verse 2, he mentions that uh, our village of Bethlehem would be the birthplace of the Savior. It says, but as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little among the clans of Judah, for from you... One will come forth for me to be a ruler in Israel. His going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. We were so excited. We just knew the Lord would come someday. And now the prophecy of old had come to pass. Joy has filled our hearts. (coughs) And when the eight days had passed, so Jesus could be circumcised the family made their way to Jerusalem and they called him Jesus. An angel of God came one night in a dream and revealed to Mary and, and Joseph that they must flee to Egypt because the evil king Herod was sending soldiers to Bethlehem to kill our young sons. Many in my family lost children because of that. So Joseph and Mary got up in the night and they left and they headed towards Egypt and there they stayed until it was revealed to them by God that the one who seeked his life had died. King Herod had passed away. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about Jesus. Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Later in life, Jesus suffers a cruel death on the cross as a final sacrifice for our sins. After being buried in the tomb, he was raised back to life with great power on the third day. We all heard about this. We lived in Bethlehem, but the news spread like wildfire. We called, we are called today to turn away from our sin and place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ 
for salvation. For all men have sinned and are under God's judgment. For the wages of sin is death. Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Is he your savior today? Why not confess your sins to the Lord tonight and receive him as the Lord and savior of your life? We're all under the curse, young people. Someday we have to answer to God. Have you given your life to Jesus? You can do that tonight. May God bless you. And Merry Christmas from Bethlehem. You may go, you can go back. Stand if you would, and we'll sing again together this evening. Rick uh, just told us the story, and then we're going to sing Angels from the Realms of Glory, which recites much of that story. So let's sing the song together.
have one last song for you. Um, it's fairly new to the Christmas genre, you might say, but just as we sing it for you, think about how he is the light of the world, and that's, uh, that's indeed worth, worth getting excited about and celebrating tonight. God.
pastor and bring the word to us. Lots of reasons to sing hallelujah. Lots of reasons to bow down before him. Joy to see our children up here. Thankful for Pastor Rick sharing the, the whole story. Uh, sweet to, to just think about, about our living God. I mean, I, I love this special time of worship, and I, I love to think about Christ and who he is. There's so many things to say about who he is, but I also like to think about what he's done. It's so important. It's so critical in the day and age that we live in to think about what Christ has done for us. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, we live in a, a dark and hurtful, broken world <coughs> full of discouragement and suffering and injustice, fear, worst of all, death, right? I know those aren't things that we maybe like to even talk about or consider, but they're all around us. And all of us experience those things at various levels, at various times. <clears throat> and, you know, sometimes we talk about maybe things are worse than they used to be, and I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know if that's true. Uh, things have been hard since the very beginning when Adam and Eve sinned against God. Uh, we certainly have enough suffering and sorrow to last us, which is so which is which is so devastating sometimes that quite honestly people don't know how to function they don't know how to get through the next day uh, they limp along sometimes sometimes they're just devastated sometimes they shut down sometimes they are overwhelmed but the truth be known is that there's some good news that's truly what i love about thinking about jesus at christmas time there is good news and so tonight I want to look at, at Matthew chapter 1, the powerful words of this angel that came and spoke to Joseph as Joseph was considering putting his wife away because found out that she was pregnant before they had come together as husband and wife. And so I want to read these encouraging words that the angel speaks to Joseph because they're encouraging words to you and I. And so Matthew chapter 1, I'll begin reading in verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been uh, betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For, your, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as, as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, 
I love the sounds of these children. I love the songs that we were able to sing. I love that we can gather in your name. I love the fact, Lord, that though we are needy and though we live in trying times and even hurtful times, I love that there's good news in Christ Jesus our Lord. Would you encourage us tonight to look to you, to receive you, to trust you, to cherish you, to worship you? Would you draw us near to you tonight? And Lord, thank you. Thank you for the depth of your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So there's basically two things I want to look at tonight to talk about the good news. Two really powerful truths found in this passage. And and though they're simple sometimes because we talk about them, especially at Christmas time, they're they're not without depth, without content, without substance. The first one is, is that this child that Mary was to bear would be called Jesus. That's an incredible thing because the angel says he'll be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And you know, it's one of the most amazing things is that the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And whosoever in there being God's people means anyone and everyone who will trust Christ. He'll save them from their sins. Now, I know sometimes we don't really think that sin is any big deal. Matter of fact, the world that we live in would tell you very quickly that, you know, people aren't bad. People aren't that bad. You know, only certain people are bad, but most everybody's good. Except that's not true. Right, it's not true. Matter of fact, the world around us would tell us today that, you know, we shouldn't talk about sin. Sin is the, if we talk about sin, it, you know, it demeans people. It, you know, takes away from their importance or their value. And we don't want to harm anybody. And certainly I don't want to harm anybody. But to devalue sin, to take away the truth about sin that it destroys would take away from the good news, by the way, that there's a savior. And the crazy thing is, is that sin is why there's suffering in this world. Do you realize that? Sin is why you and I suffer personally. Yes, it may be the consequences of our own sin. It may be someone else sinning that causes consequences that impact us. But the truth of the matter is, as the Bible says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, sin is devastating. Sin destroys at every level. Sin destroys. Matter of fact, if you go back to Genesis chapter two, verses 16 and 17, it says, the Lord God commanded the man saying, from any tree of the garden you may eat freely, But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. And if we would read that passage further, we'd realize that Adam and Eve surely did eat off of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they surely did die. 
And it was an ugly kind of scene when they ate from that tree. They didn't keel over dead physically, but what they did do is they became guilty. They became ashamed. The Bible says they realized that they were then naked. They'd been naked, but they weren't ashamed because there was no sin in this world. And then all of a sudden they chose to disobey God. They chose to reject his love. They chose to go their own way, to do their own thing. It was the greatest sin that man could ever commit. And all of us committed. We rebel against God. We disobey. We refuse to trust him. And all of a sudden they were naked and they were shamed in front of each other and they covered themselves from their guilt. And then when God came walking in the cool of the night, they hid from God because now they were ashamed before God. They'd sinned against him and and just this wretchedness had come into their life, this bleakness, this blackness, this brokenness, this guilt, this spiritual death. And man, I mean, when I think about that, I relate to that pretty well. I, I've sinned. I've hurt others. I've hurt myself. I've dishonored God. There's nothing about that that settles well in our lives. Sometimes we call it normal because we're all sinners. So sure, everybody sins. But that kind of devastation, that kind of evil, that kind of unrest in our soul, that kind of guilt, man, that's hard to overcome. The crazy thing is, is that not only were they ashamed, but later on they died. That's the ways of the sin. Guilt, shame, ultimately death, separation from God. But that's why Christ came. I mean, truly, that's the good news. You know, Christmas, such a sweet time of the year. I mean, it doesn't really matter sometimes who you are. People want to do good at Christmas time. People want to give at Christmas time. People want to be a family at Christmas time. All those things are great. But none of those things save. The world turns back to normal after Christmas and selfishness and resentment and bitterness and judgment flow back in. And the truth be known is that the real issue of our day is the same issue we've had in the generations before. It's still sin. Wicked things happen because people are sinners. People die because all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. We get hurt and we hurt others because we're sinners. But the Bible says that you're going to name this baby Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. There's an answer to sin. There's an answer to death. There's a hope. And I want you to hear me say that. There's hope. I mean, uh, unfortunately, I, I spend enough time with people without hope that, I mean, it just grieves me. Uh, Beth and I were able to go teach the other night at WBI. We go in once a month. It's a blessing to go in and visit with people, but... Man, we're just sitting there and I ask questions of these folks and where they're at and what they've been through. And I just started crying the other night. 
I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Do you ever hear? Do you ever pay attention? Do you ever listen to the hopelessness and the brokenness and the devastation of sin that's been perpetuated in our world? Does it ever overwhelm you? It does me. But I can remember as I'm sitting there just, I mean, tears are just flowing down my face. It was hurtful to hear. And I thought to myself, but I, I'm sharing hope. I'm sharing hope. Dry your tears. Share Christ. Listen, folks, we've got to figure it out. We've got to figure it out. And we can. That's why we're here. We're here to celebrate Christ. We're here to worship Jesus. We're here to have answers to the brokenness of this world. And it's real answer. It's not cheap. It's not insignificant. I mean, the world with all its wisdom refuses to trust that there's a God. They know. They claim they don't know. They claim they can't believe. They claim it's too big. But you can see him. You can see him in the creation. You know him in your heart. You know that there's a living God. You know. But the world says, nope, there's no God. And nope, there's no sin. But they cannot curb the flow of the evil and the wickedness and the devastation that sin brings. We probably spend more money today as a nation on mental health, on psychology, on counselors and therapists than we've ever spent in the history of our nation. And yet, crime isn't down, crime's up. Violence isn't down, violence is up. Despair, increasing. Safety, peace, decreasing. Why? Because we're looking to ourselves and not looking to Christ. Right? One of the most obvious truths about the birth of Jesus Christ is this. If man could have saved himself or herself, Jesus would not have needed to be born. If man was his own savior, God would not have sent a savior into this world. Men and women can't save themselves. That's why God sent Jesus into this world. And the reason is, is because sin enslaves us. John 8, 34 says, Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. You know, it's, it's interesting to me because it seems like there's more judgment and condemnation in this world than maybe I've ever known in my 59 years. And what's amazing to me is that the people that are pouring out condemnation and judgment are perpetuating condemnation and judgment and they can't even see it because they're sinners too, right? Where do we turn? I mean, really, folks, I, I want you to think. I want you to I want you to hear. I want you to know 
Where do we turn? This one born some 2,000 years ago, his name is Jesus. It means God's help. God's help. It means he will save his people from their sins. You see what we need today is forgiveness. We need deliverance. We need someone to change our heart. We need someone to change our mind. We need someone to make us new. We need someone to give us life. And that one someone is Jesus Christ, born to be the savior of the world. So why? Why is he the one? How can he be the one? Well, that points to the second truth in this. And it says in verse 22, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Folks, I don't have time tonight to talk to you about what that means, not just to me personally, but what that means, God with us. I mean, there's so much depth to that. We're talking about God, the transcendent one. God, the one with no beginning. God who was not created but existed. God who lives outside of time. God who knows all things. God who controls all things. God who is God unspeakable, so glorious that we can't describe him. That one, that one, the eternal one became a man, wrapped himself in flesh that he might be with us. I mean, of all the glories that we could speak of at Christmas, that's the most glorious. God with us. He would come and walk among us. And the question is, why? Why would he come? Why would the living one come in the form of a child, helpless, dependent? Because it was the only way. That's why. It was the only way for God to satisfy his judgment and to satisfy his wrath. It had to be for a sinless one. It had to be for one of such value that when he went to the cross and he sacrificed his life on the cross for the sins of the world, he had enough value that he could pay the price for all of us. And not just us, but from the very beginning of God's creation until the end, that one had to come that he might die in our place. Titus 2, 11 through 14 says this. It says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. Such an incredible thought 
We're looking for the hope of his second appearing. We're looking for the great God and Savior Christ Jesus, the great God and Savior Christ Jesus who gave himself for us. Isn't that amazing? To redeem us from every lawless deed. Have you committed a lawless deed? Have you told lies? Have you cheated? Have you stolen? Have you hated? Have you judged? Have you condemned? Have you done more? I have. To redeem us from every lawless deed. To purify for himself a people for his own possession. I mean, here's what, this is what Christmas is about. Christmas is deep. Christmas is about God entering into this world. Christmas is about God walking among us. Christmas is about coming to save us, to forgive us, to make us clean, to make us acceptable to the Father. All of the wrath that we deserve, he paid on the cross. All of God's judgment that was to be poured out on us, Christ took on the cross. He did that because he loves us. He did that so that we could be pure. He did that so that when we confess our sins, he can be faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He did that so that we can say, there's good news. There's good news to the one that's overwhelmed by guilt. There's good news to the one that's been broken by the sin of someone else. There's hope in this world of hopelessness. There's security in this world of anxiety. There's a future for those who can't see past today. He did that by coming to live for us and to die for us. Folks, I don't know about you, but there are some times in my life when I don't know how to worship him enough. It's always one of my fears when we come to these special times. One of my fears is, Lord, I'm not going to get my heart to the place where I can worship you the way I should. I don't know how to lead our church, others, to worship him like we should. But I know this. He's worthy of worship. He's so worthy of worship. I mean, why would we worship him? We should worship him. No one has loved us like he loves us. No one has given us more to save us than he could. No one could ever do what he's done for us. He's worthy of worship. If you know him tonight, worship him. Worship him. Don't worship all the stuff. Don't get lost in all the activity. Enjoy. Enjoy, but worship him. Give him glory. And if you don't know him, if you've never trusted Christ, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And it means forgiven. It means made his child. It means saved forever. 
If you have never done that, I encourage you to do that tonight, right now, right where you are. And then worship him. Folks, there's hope. There's joy. There's peace. There's victory. There's life. His name's Christ. Let's celebrate him. Let me pray. We're going to sing another song. We'll be finished. Lord God, we love you. And we celebrate you. We celebrate Christ, the Savior. We celebrate Christ, Emmanuel. We celebrate the sacrifice that was given by Jesus on the cross that paid the price for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, in order that he might bring us to God. Lord, I pray for those that don't know you that tonight might be the night of their salvation. And I pray that those of us who do know you, that we would celebrate you, Lord God, and give you glory. Thank you for the chance to worship tonight. You're worthy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship in song here tonight. He spoke, Pastor Mike spoke about this Emmanuel. Sing. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, and mourns in lonely exile here, until the Son of God Savior of 
promise you foretold and right the wrongs that man has done. We pray your glorious kingdom come. Rejoice, rejoice, Christmas. Good night.